0: actually never thought about it. Um, That's a really good question that I would like to know the answer to.
1: Worship is not just the songs we sing, but the life we live. It is displayed in the things we think, say, or do to please Him. Personally, worship for me is to live the life for His glory in any circumstance.
0: These are some definitions that some of you guys actually sent in to us, and we're going to talk on this episode a little bit about worship and about um what exactly what exactly does it mean who are we what is this whole idea of worship
1: let's dive into what a real definition a true webster's definition of the word worship and they define it as the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a god and i think for a lot of us when we think of worship it's a Sunday morning, singing a couple songs, lifting our hands. I think that's a, that's kind of how the world sells worship now.
0: That's how I've, I've thought about worship. Like whenever I hear the word worship, I mean, that's what I think of Sunday morning. Let's go in there. Let's sing a few songs, you know, 15 minutes, whatever it might be. Let's t- let's sing a little bit, maybe lift God up, you know, um, That's kind of of where my mind goes as soon as I hear this word.
1: Same same here. Mine mine goes to that worship playlist on my Spotify. Yeah. Like like those songs we sing in church that we take and we throw into a a Spotify playlist and label it worship with the little hand praying emoji.
0: Yeah. We're running down the road. We've had a tough week. We're like, oh, man, I might need some worship music (laughs) right now, you know. Whatever I might I might have been going through something tough. Uh let me put on that worship playlist, you know, that's that's kind of what, what we think. So
1: So I think I think really the world now sells it as as that exactly. Um but as I continue to grow spiritually, I realize that worship is I'd say one of the most important things we have to get right. Mm. If, if, if not one, it's definitely one of the most important. Absolutely. Um, I think it's, I saw a billboard the other day and all it said was worship question mark 1030 and had the church address. Mm-hmm. And that, that just kind of hit me. Like, I, I feel like we're just, we, we've we got worship as this thing that we only do on Sunday morning, yeah. like 1030 be there we're going to worship and that's it
0: yeah we've kind of we've we put we put this idea in in this like box you know how i mean so many times i've been convicted of putting god in a box but even even worship like we put this idea of worship in this box that it that we we don't let it escape this box and flow into you know our lives in general
1: yeah i think louis giglio is one of my one of my favorite people to listen to talk and he says worship is not an hour but it is in every hour yeah that's good and and that really hit me on and really it wasn't that long ago uh, that that worship's not just you know going into church and singing a song or it's not just that playlist you know it's not a genre of music uh it it's a it's a daily sacrifice uh of us pouring out praise in everything we do. So for me, that, that was, that took some time to figure out, I mean, 24 years (laughs) to figure out a true meaning of worship.
0: Yeah. Whenever we, whenever uh, we talk about this idea of like putting, putting uh, not only God, but this idea of worship, we put it in a box. Like uh, I just said, Um, I kind of think about Abraham. So Abraham was, actually in Genesis chapter 22 it's the very first time that the word worship is mentioned in the Bible. And, um, so Abraham, he, uh, he's taken his son Isaac and these two other guys, um, they're going, God tells Abraham, um, he he's got to sacrifice his son. Like God earlier had just told Abraham, like, your descendants are going to be as many as the sand and and the stars in the sky and all that kind of stuff. Takes his and he and God tells him like, I need you to sacrifice your son Isaac, your your son and the miracle child. Yeah, and and Abraham's like, what the crap, man? But I mean, I know I would be, but he immediately goes and he takes Isaac and he takes these two guys with him. And uh, he tells these two other guys, like, hey, y'all just stay here. And he says, we're going to go up this mountain and worship. Knowing good and well, like, God had told him to sacrifice his son. And that's just one example of Abraham. He did not put God, he did not put worship in a box. First of all, I don't even know if they were, you know, singing hymnals back then, but... (laughs) But he just tell he tells these two guys he's like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna go up here on this mountain and worship for a little bit and not and just being faithful to God and not um just hoping and praying that he would provide a lamb for the sacrifice, so I think that's really cool seeing um Abraham not putting God in this in this you know box, yeah,
1: his willingness to to go and do and and to worship God is uh, it's it really sets a, a huge example right there at the beginning, mm. for for what is to come and what what worship is. Uh, it, it's kind of laying the foundation. And there's many other times in the Bible, uh, well over two hundred times worship's mentioned in the Bible, um, and we we see it repeat throughout Scripture, whether it be actually saying the word worship or bow down Mm -hmm. or fall on your face. Um, We we see these words mentioned throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, Uh, throughout the Bible. We always really fall back into worship at Mm -hmm. some point. And I personally think that we are are commanded to worship. Uh, If you look in Exodus 24 through 5, God is really – he's kind of commanding us or calling us to worship him. Um, it says you shall not make yourself make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Um, and, and to me, that was a, that was kind of a, a knock from, from God saying, Hey, no one else, no idols. Mm. It's it's me. Worship me. I'm a jealous God. I want I want your worship. Um, there there can't be anyone above me. Um, for so for me that's that's like a command. Like like I'm the one you need to worship.
0: Yeah, no one above me, but n- not even anybody on the yeah. same like playing field. Like it's not even close.
1: <laughs> I think uh, I think he 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 explains it well there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think you're right. And one of the things that I love to think about whenever we we talk about worship and how, you know, it's not just singing and um, it's a part of our daily lives. But like you just said, like God calls us to worship him and only him. And there's nobody above him. Uh, We can't have idols. So I like to just know exactly like, who is this guy? Like, who is this guy that is telling me you better bow down and worship me and all of your life like i'm jealous and i'm god so i like to think like what does this even mean and um one of the things that i I love is in exodus chapter three god comes to moses in in the burning bush first of all there's a bush on fire that's not burning up like that's kind of crazy so Moses' is like, all right, well, I guess I better go check this thing out. And he gets over there. And him and him and God are talking, and um God's like, or Moses is like, so I'm gonna deliver this message to these people, but who 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 do I tell them that sent me to say this to you, you know? And God's just he's just like, tell them I am. Like, what? Tell him I am who I am. <laughs> like, like, what the heck does that mean? I know I would be thinking that. I would be like, first of all, what in the world? First of all, that statement is very difficult for me to comprehend now. <laughs> but when God's talking to me through a bush that's on fire, not burning up, and He's like, "Tell him I am." I'm like, "All right." Yeah, well,
1: I, I think we can all kind of kind of play moses in this part if we were in this situation and be like so uh yeah uh maybe maybe send somebody else yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't really want to do this
0: yeah and but my point is what gives god the right like why why did he first of all why did he identify himself as i am who i am and what gives him the right to say that? Like he's basically saying I am eternal. Like I don't have a beginning. I don't have an end before Abraham was, I am. So what exactly, why can he say this? And I think one of the reasons is because God, he doesn't have a beginning or an end. He is independent apart from everything else. And Everything that is not God depends 100% on God to exist. He's constant. He is, he's literally the standard of good. He's literally the standard of good, truth, beauty, everything that we see, like everything, God is the standard of it all. So based on these things, we actually have, I mean, not only that alone, but we actually have real, true, uh, even unbiased sources for the life of Jesus. And we actually have more sources for this than we do for uh, actually a lot of people in history, including uh, Julius Caesar. So my thing is like, if we say that Jesus isn't true, if he's not real, then like, we have to say that Julius Caesar isn't real either. (laughs) So like, but I'm kind of going down a rant that I actually want to get into on a later podcast, but um, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that, but I want to leave y'all with one more thing. And it's, I don't, it's not necessarily how we worship this guy, this god that, who who is uh alpha and omega, beginning and end um it's not how we worship him how we are worshiping is who we are worshiping like i I love to i mean there's been many a nights when i've I've just been sitting in the bed kind of reflecting on first of all this whole idea of God the creator of the universe he's eternal he's beginning and end and whenever you start naming off these attributes of god like it gets kind of crazy like that this guy not only is has he done all these things and he's you know omnipresent he's everywhere at once he's 100 good he's the standard of of all of it but he wants a relationship with me and you spencer like
1: it's crazy, man.
0: It uh, b- blows my mind, and um, I, I just—I th- I would challenge anybody who's listening to this right now to just sit back and reflect on who, who, or what am I worshiping exactly? Whether it's an idol, um, whether it's even just yourself. I mean, I know I got caught up in a long time for worshiping myself, and I always wanted to do things my way, and it was always Trey had to get his way for this whole life thing to work out right. You know what I'm saying? And then finally God was like, that's, that's not really going to work out. Either you're going to do it my way or I'm going to make you do it my way. Um, But I I, I would just challenge anybody just sit back and think about who or what are you worshiping? I
1: think it takes a lot of humility to kind of step away from ourselves in order to be able to put God on that throne in order to then worship him. Yeah. Uh when you have something like baseball or mm. or girls or TV shows or I mean it could be anything work we can worship a lot of things uh when those are on the throne God's not.
0: Yeah. And I think I think especially like for me and you just really for just guys in general, like that's where that pride thing kicks in, man. Pride is a dangerous thing. I want to
1: do it myself. Yeah. I don't I don't want any help.
0: Pride's the devil, man.
1: And once you can really figure out this pride thing, which we never will, but once you can <laughs> kind of get a grip on it, uh once you can humble yourself and put God on that throne, then you can truly say, Okay. God, you're there, and you can kind of ask the question now. Okay, why do we worship? Um, and and really, it's it's simple. Um, it edifies God. It's edifying to God. Um, it it puts your focus on the mission of the gospel of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we're in a state of true worship, not you know, not emotions, not uh not just you know faking you know throwing the hand up because everybody else is you yeah. know when we're actually living our life day to day and we're worshiping god um a true worship i believe the focus on the mission on our mission as disciples really really grows in that mm. uh, I, I think if 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 you have true worship then your mission to reach people is, is right. I stepped down, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think when it, like how you just said that you just said, um, not just throwing your hand up, you know, at church or whatever, but like, I remember a couple of days ago I was I actually looked up on Google. I just typed in the word worship and I went to images and every single picture on there is either somebody that's on their knees or, They've got their arms stretched out wide, and we get this picture of worship. Well, I think it's important to step back and say, okay, in the last, I guess, month of my life, is that what my life looks like? Does my every part of my life, if I was to put it in a picture, would it be a picture of me on my knees or a picture of me with my arms stretched out wide, face on the ground, yeah, falling on my face. Yeah, that's good. I think that's challenge. That's I, that, that's, that's a challenge that, um, just to just to think about. Like, let, let's step back and look at my life in the last month, and let's see if I was to put a one picture on my life. What would that picture look like?
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. And we as believers have this mission and that is to make disciples, uh, worship. It is biblical. Um, and like I said, that mission is, is bright when you're in worship. Mm. Um, and that all ties back into God's word. Mm. Um, we see it over and over and over again. Um, and a few other reasons why we worship, uh, it's edifying to God's people, and it emphasizes the ordinary means of grace. Um, and I think it's so important to, to truly dive deep. I mean, we could probably talk about why we worship <laughs> for the next 12 episodes. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important to sit back and really focus on a true meaning of why we worship, um, and like we were talking earlier, we all bow down to something, mm. um, but really, what is it? And and that's been a convicting thing for me uh, as we've been kind of looking in this: is what am I bowing down to? Um, is my is my face on the ground for God, or am I bowing down to to idols? Um, and and that's been a very a very convicting word to me, um, and it and it has brought me back to those points of okay, let's put God back on, let's put God back on His throne, and in that, I know it's edifying to God. You know, I know that mission is back. Uh, it, it brings me back to Scripture, um, so it's it's like a, a full circle when God's on His throne and your worship's true, mm. it brings me back through mm. all those points of of why we worship. Yeah,
0: yeah and I liked how you talked about um, putting our focus on the mission of the gospel. And we know that ultimately our mission for every single person who calls himself a Christian, um, that mission is to make disciples. Jesus said, "Go make disciples of all nations." Well, how much how much easier is it? Do you think for you to make a disciple when you're living a life based on worship? You know, I I know for me, worship it for me is whenever I live a worship based life, I know I just know one hundred percent that it overflows my cup into the people around me whenever, because ultimately when I'm emptying myself to give glory to God, it's almost like he fills me 110% back up to where I'm overflowing to other people. And I just love how you said that, um, tied in with, with our mission.
1: Yeah. I think in order to, to live on mission, you have to live in worship. Mm. Uh, I think you have to, like I said, God has to be on His throne. And you have to be in true worship in order to even live out that mission. Mm. Uh, if you're not worshiping God uh, in spirit and truth, then then that mission is is not as uh, you know, it's not on the radar. Yeah, as when you're fully immersed in worshiping God.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so good because. I could sit here and talk about our mission for days, man. I, I love talking about the the mission of the gospel of Jesus, but um, let's talk a little bit about what exactly is worship. And I think um, I think that really and truly, worship is a response of everything that makes us who we are. Everything that makes us us, um, our mind, body, heart, soul, every aspect of our lives, um, is, is the response of that. What makes us us, and I think I think that's that's kind of how I would describe it. But there's several things here that um, that I would say. I mean, I would say that worship is it's remembering. It's it's remembering what God has done for me personally. Um, I know that whenever I get to a point that um, God just says, remember, and I, I look back on my life and I think about the things that I prayed for, for, for months and months and months. Um, and And then that thing happening, whether it be, um, the salvation of somebody I was really close to, which was something that I prayed for forever, for, for a very long time. And I can remember that being one of the absolute most happiest days of my life, whether it be prayers answered or um, gifts received from God, or um, like I just said, somebody's, somebody else's sins were forgiven. I just remember what all of those things cost, like what the price that was paid for those things. And that was God's son um, taking our punishment on, uh, on a cross, bearing our sins, and putting his stamp of approval on us as we come before God. I think another thing is, I think worship is is proclaiming. I saw this somewhere. I saw somewhere the just the word proclaim as I was thinking about worship this past week, and I saw this word proclaim, and I was kind of like, huh, and I started to think about proclaim. And as a, as my generation, I guess <laughs> I guess Spencer's too. He's a little <laughs> older, but <laughs> our generation. Man, we don't proclaim stuff very easily. I mean, whenever I think about proclaim, I'm like, man, that's like here's what I think about. I think about like in in high school, <laughs> I I know that as a generation, we like to go through as far as relationships go, we like to go through this this talking stage, which I think we we kind of created, so if nobody's put the patent on that, <laughs> I might put the patent on the talking <laughs> stage. <laughs> but no, we, we we go through this talking stage, um, which honestly, I didn't ever really stand it. I mean, I didn't ever really understand it, the whole thing, because I was kind of like, so we're talking, like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, are we together or are we not together? Yeah, I didn't really get the whole talking stage of of relationships, or whatever. Basically, in that when we're in this stage, it's like we're saying that I really like this person, but I'm just gonna play it safe. Um, I'm 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 not ready to commit to this person. I'm scared to tell other people. Um, that I like this person just yet. I'm just going to see where this thing goes. Just in case maybe it doesn't work out or whatever. The problem with this is we all go through this talking stage nowadays. And I think that the the, the issue is that we treat God the same way as we treat our relationships. And we have, so whenever we're 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 putting God through this talking stage we're like let me just see where this thing goes let me just see where it plays out um not going to tell anybody yet just in case Yeah yeah absolutely and it's like we have this secret relationship that nobody really knows about if you can even really you can't even really call that a relationship I don't guess um no so nobody really knows about it and I think that it's just time to let the fear of rejection go and 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 go public with our relationship with with Jesus. I'm telling you that I'm gonna be proud of this guy who who brought himself down from glory, brought himself down from the the most beautiful and the most perfect place with the most perfect creator. He brought himself down to this. This awful world that we live in, I mean, you don't even have to read the Bible to know this world sucks, man. You don't have to read the Bible to know that at all this This lost and this broken world. So he comes down here, and this dude's literally the most beautiful, perfect. He's literally perfect, never like sinless, like he's absolutely sinless. and ultimately, we put this guy up on a tree bang some nails in him and kill him. And I don't know about you, but I'm proud to call myself a follower of Christ. This, this guy who, who literally created the universe. I'm proud to say that he came down and he bore my sins on a cross. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being, having this fear of rejection because we're we're putting God through this talking stage. I'm ready. I just want to say that I'm going public with my relationship with Jesus because of the fact that he has he's put everything out there. He's took everything every sin that I I've committed against God and he absolutely just wipes it clean and not because he had to, but because he loves us. And that's something that I, I believe is is worth going public about, and worth getting out of this talking stage, and really committing to a relationship with this guy. I've also, I think I think worship is prayer. Um, and I think prayer is just is is kind of it's it's kind of acknowledging that we don't really. See, we don't see eye to eye with God. Um, for me, prayer is humbling myself and it was really just me humbling myself before God and accepting his design, his wisdom, control, and power over my life. And my faith that he's going to answer my prayers, whether that Answer is uh, yes, no, maybe, I don't know, because um, he's hit me with a few nos. <laughs> he's hit me with or or, or a wait or or not yet, and I'm like, God, I, I need this. I, I I think I need this thing, and he's like, No, you don't. Yeah. So Th-
1: those are always tough. That's that's where that that humility comes back in.
0: Mm, yeah, once you,
1: once you humble yourself and realize, okay, I'm I'm not telling God what that. Come on, God! You didn't give me that. Come on, give me that. I need that. Like, yeah. Uh, I think that humility comes back in. Humility hits kind of every point. I think yeah. <laughs> for us, especially us guys, um, I, I think that's that's huge when it comes to things like prayer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know that He's not always going to give me what I want, but I can trust and I can have comfort whenever I realize that his will for my life is is so much better than anything that I could even dream up for myself. Like literally his will for my life is better than, like I just said, anything I can dream up. Like that's crazy. That is crazy, man. Uh, but also worship is rejoicing. Uh, I see the word rejoice and right off the bat, um, it catches my eye because of right in the middle of that word, says joy. Wow. Mm. This thing called joy has to be one thing that absolutely blows my mind. Just just to think that we can live life um no matter what the circumstances around us. I'm I was actually I'm some very close uh people of mine some friends of mine family um, going through a very tough time right now, but knowing that I can still have joy because of this this eternity that I'm going to be a part of, it, it really blows my mind. And joy is something that I will never, I don't think I will ever be able to comprehend to you what it does. Because in those moments when I was living for sin, trying living in sin and living for myself, when I was doing everything possible to everything that the world says, this will make you happy. This will bring you joy. Anything that I could get my hands on when the world said, this is, this is the thing that's going to do it. I mean, yeah. I mean, for a little while it was nice. I guess I enjoyed it. I lived in it for a little while, but living in, Fullness of what God has for my life is uncomparable by a thousand percent. It's not even close.
1: Yeah, man. I think when I when I hear the word joy, I always go back to to Paul when he mm. was in prison. Yeah. And his attitude while he was in prison of I mean, he still had one thing on his mind, and and that was God's kingdom. Yeah, and I think when you can when you can worship and be joyful in a circumstance of a cold, rotten, nasty prison, <laughs> um, I, I think that is. I look at my life and I'm like, wow.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm complaining um, when there was Paul sitting in this terrible place, probably rat infested, you yeah. know, dirt floors, absolutely, and was praising God and was was as joyful as it as could be
0: um worship worshiping god even yeah it's we're talking about worship not insane. only did he have joy but this guy was worshiping in a jail cell and man that blows my mind it joy man that's
1: that's more for another podcast episode <laughs> <laughs> we could uh we could definitely talk about that one um all day um but something we really want to dive into is more on what God's word says about worship and what it truly means to worship, uh, throughout scripture. We see, we see scripture saying that explaining what correct worship is and what, what, what untrue worship is. Um, a passage I came across, it was in Isaiah 29 verse 13. It says, these people, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules they have been taught. Um, And that, that really, I kind of sat in that for a while, while I was, while I was thinking about this topic of worship, just to see. In my own personal life, honestly, it took me a long time to actually figure out what real worship was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to be very mature in my, my spiritual walk before. You know, no one ever told me, like, hey, this is what worship is, you know? Mm-hmm. It was always, hey, dude, we got worship, and then we're going hear to hear God's word. When honestly both of those things are worship. Like we're, we're going to sing praises to God and we're going to, we're going to dive into God's word. Like that's worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, sitting in this of where verse uh, 13 says that they, they're, they're It's a lip service. It's not real devotion to God. You know, it's, Hey, I'm going to come here and sing praises to God with my mouth but i'm not i'm not going to be devoted to god you know on that on the mm-hmm. outside like when i leave here you know i'm going to go back into my old ways i'm going to do this um and that really hit me because i know mine and trey's both story both if if you listen back to our story on our first episode uh, really kind of this is how some of our story was mm-hmm. uh you know we we were really involved and we were worshiping but i mean we were still living that sinful life, um, and I think, I think that really puts you in a mindset of that. that who am I worshiping?
0: Yeah, and, and I think even for the for the Christian out there who has grown up in church their whole life, I think this, uh, I think this could really be a good passage because. I can remember even as a kid before I, I surrendered to the Lord. But when I was a kid, we really are—I mean, we're taught to to go to church and and to sing these praises, not really having a clue what it what it means or not letting it resonate in our hearts. But we're taught to go and and sing praises and lift our hands, and I, I think that is a uh, i think that's a powerful word man
1: it's a it's a solid a solid passage of scripture um uh, and really i got i got something out of it of really to be a a child you know to be one of god's people that includes being obedient and worshiping him mm. sincerely not not just you know, throwing your hands up for fifteen minutes on a Sunday—true, um, sincere worship—I I think is what this relationship with Christ is about. Yeah. Um, it's not just singing praises to God; it's it's living for God and giving Him praise in all we do. Yeah, um, that 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 really hit me this week of when I read that, um, and then we kind of we kind of see it again in. Matthew 15, 9. In Matthew 15, 9, Jesus says, They worship me in vain. Uh, In Matthew 8, they say, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Uh, So later on in Scripture, in Matthew, we see this. uh, We see the same thing again um it's kind of a lip service it's not a mm-hmm. devotion to god their hearts aren't there mm. um and again that was a very convicting uh moment for me of being in even now in worship on sunday and you know singing praises to him and just, you know just singing the words living day to day you know going going leaving church and um so seeing these verses over and over again, all kind of tied together, uh, it, it really convicted me. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in Matthew 15, 9, we see these people are, are honoring God with their their lips, but their hearts aren't in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we claim to honor God while our hearts are far from Him, I, I think that <clears throat> when our hearts are occupied by other things that, Th- this this verse says it best: our, our worship is vain. It means nothing. Vain means you know zero. Mm-hmm. So our worship of God means nothing if our heart's not there. So if we're sending up praises all the time, you know, uh, if if it's not a true heart, you know, you're not being sincere. Your heart's not there. Then I mean, to God, that's that's vain. That's yeah. that's that's nothing. Uh, and and that really. That really kind of hit me this week uh, as I was going back through this. Um, you know, it's not enough to learn about Jesus or to act religiously or to study God's Word. Our heart and our actions and attitude—they all have to—they all have to line up. They all have to be sincere. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, you know, Isaiah's word stands true about us. Yeah. Uh, so that that was a a really convicting few verses in Scripture, um, and I think. It helped me, you know, recenter my heart because um, I think once our heart is recentered, our worship is is going to be centered on Him. So once we center our heart on Him, our worship follows. Mm. So
0: that that was, yeah. And and I, jumping in on that, I think that God would literally rather us not even. I, I feel like He would rather us not even act like a Christian or act like a follower of Christ or act like we love God or um, do any of those things if our hearts aren't really in it. Like like right here, he says they worship me in vain. And I mean, I'm not God, but I'm going to, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that he doesn't really appreciate that too much. (laughs) So I just, I think that, that's something to be said, especially being in the, in the, in the area that we live, you know, we live down here in the, in the Bible belt where this culture, cultural Christianity idea is so popular. Like, I can't tell you how many people I know that are just, I mean, they say, yeah, yeah, I'm uh I'm a Christian, and um, I go to church every Sunday, or all of these things, and but but yet their life doesn't reflect that of somebody who follows Christ and lives a life of worship. And I I, I would almost say that that's not even. Um, I, I I think God would literally rather you not mention. His name at all in your life, if you're not, if that's not going to resonate in your heart and you're not going to truly serve God in your daily life. Because I think that even me and you, Spencer, actually, I don't think I know that whenever God put it on our hearts to do this podcast, we had this conversation, if you remember. I don't know if you remember.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah Do you? Yeah, we had this conversation and I said, "Look, man, if we're going to do this thing, we're going to do it as as best as we possibly can with the resources that we have with with what we have, we're going to do the very best that we can do because uh not not to to give ourselves glory, but if we're going to if we're going to do this podcast or if we're going to play this game, if we're going to do this sport or if we're going to sing this song i firmly believe that if we call ourselves a follower of christ and then whatever we do no matter what it is if it's a podcast or a sport or um if we're singing or dancing whatever we do we've automatically got this label on us of oh this guy he he calls himself a christian so how are we reflecting god if we're not doing his work with to the very best ability that we possibly have and that's something that that really resonated with me i i, I don't remember who said that but i want to say it was actually spencer's boy louis giglio um but he said that and i was like man that is so true because so many people uh the only reflection of god that they're going to get is us and that is that's so true so if we're not doing doing this to the absolute best of our ability then how is that reflecting god in revelation chapter 19 verse 10 says and i fell at his feet to worship him but he said to me, "See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren who you ha- who have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy."
1: I think it's it's pretty simple there. Worship God. Yeah. Um, fall on your face and worship Him.
0: Yeah and and if if you're reading it it literally says in big bold le- letters with an exclamation mark worship god and i think that's that's pretty cool i mean i, I think it's pretty clear pretty loud and clear that god's saying hey worship me <laughs> you know
1: yeah i i love this quote by John Piper um about worship and it, it, he piper says the inner essence of worship is to know god truly and then respond from the heart to that knowledge by valuing God, treasuring God, prizing God, enjoying God, being satisfied with God above all earthly things. And then that deep, restful, joyful satisfaction in God overflows in demonstrable acts of praise from the lips and demonstrable acts of love in serving others for the sake of Christ. Mm. And that is probably i think really summarizes what worship is Uh, i think everything we went through all ties in and really plays in john piper's quote there valuing god treasuring god prizing god and enjoying god Mm. and being satisfied in him above all earthly things
0: yeah i like how he said uh Joyful satisfaction and God overflows. You know how we talked about yeah. uh, overflowing our cup to, to those around us. So I thought that was cool.
1: We, we hope you guys enjoyed our episode today uh, on worship. We hope you all uh, got something out of it. And uh, we encourage you guys to tune into our next episode. We'll be jumping into scripture. We'll be looking into John 1. We'll be really diving deep into that first chapter of John, and the weeks coming, we'll continue going through the book of John and really pulling out key verses. Uh, just going through characters, going through time period, and the context of John one and and the the chapters after, and and we would really love you guys to to get in on this with us and follow along with us in your own Bible and. Uh, Send us questions or send us things that stuck out to you as we read along.
0: Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the I Am Unqualified podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to our page. Turn on your push notifications so you can know when we upload new content. Um, Please follow us on social media at I am unqualified podcast email us any questions comments or concerns that you guys have our email is info at I am unqualified podcast.com